This show is sponsored by This Could Be Your Name, the writer of This Could Be Your Book. Contact us to find out more about sponsoring an episode. The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. This is Kat, and you're listening to All the Filthy Details, the Erotica Communities Podcast. Believe it or not, this is episode 20. It's been a long journey getting here. Our formats have changed a couple of times, but now we're due a month off. This is mainly so we can create more content and give our Patreons more exclusives. If you haven't checked out our Patreon, you should. It's an amazing value. The link can be found in the description. We have an interview with our star recommendation winning author, Yancey Ball, later in this episode. But let's start with the next episodes of The Infidelity Diaries. Previously on The Infidelity Diaries. What happened to your face, Darren? What's wrong with that stupid bitch? Shall I take care of you properly? It wasn't a fight. If it had been a fight, I swear I'd... Pushing it into me while brushing my rear with a trailing digit. I want you inside me. Shit. The Infidelity Diaries. Listener discretion is advised. Chapter 6 Between the likes of our nosy neighbor Faye, the anonymous stalker, and Darren's recent conflict with the Collins family, it was beginning to feel like too many people had eyes on Darren. Yesterday, Deepak spotted a curious woman near my home, which sparked a discussion between us. In its conclusion, the conversation had given me a renewed sense of confidence in dealing with the unknown although I knew I needed to get to the bottom of this mystery person's identity. Texting the mystery stalker, I claimed I captured her on camera, describing the woman Deepak had glimpsed. No more games. Meet me, I demanded. A response came quickly. You don't understand the gravity of the situation. I am much less dangerous than the true enemy. I put the stalker's ramblings to one side and carried on with my plans for the day. First on my list was the gym, a place where nobody would be using their devices, and I'd be able to get away from most of the people in my neighborhood. The gym had been a haven for my mental health, just as much as its function for physical fitness. Nothing for me beats the clarity of mind that comes with a great workout. I could put my earbuds in and embrace a life without fear, without interruptions. 
That morning, I allowed myself to get lost in thought as I ran tirelessly on the treadmill, building up a healthy sweat and achieving my distance goals. Energized, I sipped from my water bottle before making my way to the rowing machines. Suddenly, I sensed somebody watching me. It was him. Before beginning to row, I mounted the rowing machine's sliding saddle carefully, strapping my feet in and breathing deeply. I kept a steady pace, still very aware of the eyes on my frame. The feeling of being watched felt deafening, like a dog whistle only canines can hear. It felt louder than the equipment, louder than the words of encouragement one of my personal trainers, Luca, gave me as he walked by, even clearer than the music streaming in my ears. I stopped rowing and prepared myself for squats at the weighted bar. Despite my distraction, I did not deviate from my form. I balanced the bar behind my neck, exposing the curve of my breasts against the figure-hugging lycra garment I wore. I brought the weight down slowly, squeezing all the way down and pushing my ass invitingly outward. I took the upright position again, noticing how quiet the gym had become. I looked to the mirror, finally making out the position of my admirer. Darren was propped against a stationary bicycle, gulping down a bottle of water and looking my way. Although his desire to work out had long since passed, he stayed to watch me. Somebody could have easily recognized him as a gym voyeur. I finished my workout and sauntered to the changing rooms, intending to go to the pool area. I was aching for the jacuzzi. Fortunately, by the time I got there, the space was all but empty. I turned on the bubbles and submerged myself, shoulder deep in the hot water. Darren appeared soon after. Sitting opposite me, he brought one of my feet to his crotch. The mask of bubbles encouraged him to ease his shorts down so that I could feel his hard cock against the sole of my foot. I applied firm pressure, rubbing the length of his shaft back and forth with my toes. He moaned slightly before gesturing with his eyes, prompting me to head to the steam room. He didn't have long to wait for me to respond. I headed straight for the small, dark room with him hot on my heels. As soon as the glass door closed behind us, we fell into each other's eager arms. My leotard was far from the most accessible garment, but Darren still vigorously rubbed me through the damp fabric. Dropping his shorts, he revealed his straining erection was still going strong. Gripping it firmly, I pumped relentlessly. Our kisses were hungry, careless, and the prospect of getting caught was making my pulse race. Something in the back of my mind told me I needed to wrap this up. Acting this way in public was high risk. 
Leaning on him, I guided him backwards with a shoulder to his chest. Let me suck your dick, I commanded. He rested against the back of the tiled seating profile as I intended, allowing me to take him into my mouth. I sucked and stroked him simultaneously, bringing him closer and closer to ecstasy. Ignoring the unfamiliar chlorine taste, I focused on getting him off. Cruelly, I teased him with my fingers as I sunk my mouth into his base, bringing one of my digits to rest on his near-exposed anus. I pulled away in the dark room, realizing I hadn't captured all the fluid. I'll clean up in here. Darren insisted. Go get changed. Trusting he had the mess covered, I disappeared to wash my hair in the locker room and dressed before leaving. By the time I got to my phone, the mystery stalker had left me two messages. The first was a photo of a good-looking but older man, most likely in his fifties. The shot looked like it was taken without his knowledge. The following message simply said, I'm guessing you may know who this is. But what you don't know is Leah is involved with this man. Be very careful. You've been listening to The Infidelity Diaries, starring James McCoy as Darren, Richmond Keeling as Harrison, Rosie Dunjay as Leah, and Leonora Wolfe as Olivia. Written by Arely Moreira, Misty Texas, and Derek Andre. Edited by Misty Texas and Derek Andre. Sound engineering and production by The Elusive D. Soundtrack theme by The Elusive D. The Infidelity Diaries is a literally lovesick production. 2021. All rights reserved. Remember, patrons get early access, playlists, and even influence the plot of the series, such as this. You can also listen to our secret podcast, Shh, Extra Filth. Check us out today. This is Devlin Wild from the Wild and Bad Erotic Stories Podcast. And you're listening to all the filthy details. Hurts So Good by Elena Nix There's a fine line between pleasure and pain, and Hurts So Good puts that to the ultimate test. These three sizzling stories are not for the faint of heart. A dangerous game of sex and submission in the woods, a young girl corrupted by two older men who will do anything for and to her. A teasing teacher's dark fantasies become a brutally arousing reality. Read them all, if you dare. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Today's guest won our star recommendation during our monster special episode, impressing us with their clever take on Afrocentric demonic erotica. Meet Yancey Ball. Hello, Yancey. Hi, and thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. 
We were impressed with your book, Blossom, which we believe is the second book in the Wild God Slumber series. To those unfamiliar with your work, how would you describe your series? Wild God Slumber is a swords and sorcery tale inspired by African cultures. It's set in a world called Jara, which has a cosmology very different than our own, um, where the world's creators are alien and hostile to humans. And thankfully, they're also dormant. And so humans worship their own ancestors. Jara is a very sensual world where sex itself is a source of magic. Actually, I'd say sex has two roles in this and throughout the series. Um, one is as the basis of a certain form of magic. And the other role for sex is a way to establish and define relationships and how they deepen and change. Uh, and the relationship between Blossom and Kaya in, in this book, Blossom, is entirely about sex. But in general, I would say that the series is a story about empowerment and finding one's place in the world. And it's about found family. The book we read, which won our star recommendation, was Blossom. However, it's clear that you could have submitted several other titles with a total of seven books in the series and two spin-offs. What was it about Blossom, which you thought would resonate with us? So last month's All the Filthy Details was themed on Monster Erotica. And I submitted Blossom because Blossom is the best example of Monster Erotica in the series. Kaya has this complex relationship with this demon Blossom. And that relationship continues throughout the series. Both of them need each other, but at the same time, they're competing for dominance and control. The entire series features sex with these non-human creatures, but this story is centered on the connection between these two characters and how it starts. And so that's why I thought that it would be perfect for the monster erotica theme. A lot of the mythology around the plot seemed to be shrouded within the African occult, something Western readers would mostly be unfamiliar with. Did you borrow ideas from the real world in regards to occultism and religions, or did you create everything from scratch? Blossom is an original creature that I made up myself. Um, but there's definitely other creatures within the series that are um, inspired by, in fact, I'd say most of the other demons are in some way inspired by existing African myths. Um, in fact, there's one, uh, one demon that makes an appearance called the Tokuloshe, which is um, directly taken from Zulu and Kosa culture. Um, but I, I'd say in general, um, I, I think it's, I would say it's more inspired by mythology of, of different African traditions. I mean, certainly um, the pouring of libations to ancestors, keeping shrines for them, leaving food for ancestors, all those things appear in different parts of the, of the series. Uh, and that's, you know, you can find that in existing cultures. In particular, this series is heavily inspired by the Swahili coast by Central African and Southern African 
history and culture. Uh, but I, the thing that I took directly from culture, I mean, I love to write about food. It has nothing to do with the occult. Um, but there's food throughout the story that uh, is definitely taken from, you know, these particular places and, and traditions. One of the less spoken aspects of your book is how empowered the protagonist is. You created a strong, sexy character who doesn't have all the answers, but is bold and empowered enough to seek answers. To me, I personally took away that you can still be figuring out yourself, but still be a mighty queen. What were you actually going for when you created these characters? I love to create characters that have different kinds of strengths. Whether that strength is wisdom or courage or physical prowess or strength of will. And in Kaya, I wanted someone who led others through her courage, uh, through her wits and her determination, even though in a lot of ways she's still naive. Uh, I think one of the other characteristics that a lot of my characters have is some sort of outcast status. And Kaya is an albino. And albinos, um, in addition to the physical difficulties they have, particularly in a tropical environment, in a lot of African societies, um, albinos are very harshly discriminated against. And so Kaya is in this interesting place where people follow her because of her of her birth, basically, because she's she's born to this powerful family, and they're bound to follow her. Um, but as the story goes on, and as the series goes on, Kaya finds that, finds that there are people who will follow her out of love because she has compassion for others and because she's determined to get what she wants. Uh, she's one of two POV characters in the series. The other POV character is very different than Kaya. She's a healer and a reluctant warrior. Um, although each story is is a fantasy adventure and is erotica, the general arc of the series is a romantic arc between these two women. I understand that you do use another pen name to write your other books. Are those books non-erotica or non-Afrocentric in nature? So Yancy Ball is my is the name is the pen name that I use for erotica. Dominique Marx is my Twitter handle and the name I use most often in social media and correspondence. Um, and the Dominique Marx stories, um, what I've written so far is, I'd say it's a romance, maybe more or less a, an erotic romance, but um, the stories that I hope to write under the Dominique Marx name um, will not be erotica, they'll be more fantasy adventure. For both for both pen names, though, I'm writing stories, mainly Afro-fantasies set in this world of Jara. What are you working on next? Is the Wild God Slumber series still going, or are you planning to start something different? The Wild God Slumber series is complete. There are seven novels or novellas, seven main books, and then two shorter stories that one is a prequel to the series and the other is kind of a standalone short story. So that's all complete. But I do expect to be adding more Jara stories 
um, more of these Afro fantasies probably by the end of the year. Um, as to what I'm working on next, actually for the past several months, I've been working on another project. And so it, this, there's a story behind it, which is sort of interesting because I think there's just, there's inspiration for this, this new project that, um, that I'd like to give credit for. Um, I participated in a shared world fantasy event at Literatica. And so the idea is that um, all these writers create a world and each of us submit one or more stories that go into this world. And initially I was trying to find a way to write Afro fantasy into this world. And I, instead I came up with something different and wrote a story that I really came to love. And so that initial story is on Literatica but I've written two follow-up stories, uh, sequels, I guess, and uh, those I'll be releasing along with the first story um, in May and possibly early June. So, and that, so that, those stories are, uh, they center on a half-orc character named Shauba. Uh, her father is an orc and her mother is human and she has grown up in human society, um, but she's shunned and feared by humans. Um, and so she gets a chance to finally meet her, get in touch with her orc heritage. And she's convinced that orcs are her real people. Um, and so that's what the story is about. It's, you know, it's about identity, um, about uh, divided loyalties and divided loves. And and it's 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 an adventure and in the old tradition of heroic fantasy. Can we get a preview of something you've been working on? So the name of the story is The Half's Way. And if you like it, um, you can find it on the Dorotica um, under the Lanier Shared World event uh, and under the author name Yabala, Y-I-B-A-L-A. Uh, and as I said, um, it will be released on Amazon in a bundle with its sequel, The Heist at High Ridge, um, in May. Um, and then a, a novel uh, finale to, these, to this trilogy called The Fulcrum should release in late May or early June. But this is the opening scene to The Half's Way. The Nuxon Timber Crew's south woodshed was large enough for four big men to hone axe blades, splice cordage, or nurse the jars of honey ale stashed in the woodpile. But the shed seemed much smaller and closer when you were fucking in it instead of working. Shava grabbed the edge of the sawhorse, bracing herself and rocking her ass back against his thrusts. He was as big as her, and that was saying something. He grabbed her hips like he was starving, and they were his next meal. He gave back as good as he got. She'd unbound her hair. The mass of wiry brown curls jounced across her face with each impact. She wished he'd grab a fistful of it and pull, arch her like a bow. But maybe that was asking too much. 
Chaba had just met him today, after all. He hadn't grimaced in disgust at the tribal rings that pierced her septum and her piped earlobes, or the small tusks that protruded from her lower lip, or the mossy hue of her skin, or the gnarled and fingers and toes that ended with nails as horny as she usually was. Yes, a fistful of her hair was asking too much. His cock was a nice one, with a curve that hit her just right. Not that she'd examined it up close. She almost never got the chance. Fuck me, she cried, just like that. Each time their bodies slammed together, pleasure roared through her like a flame, consuming more and more of her. The shed smelled of pine wood and rust, of his sweat, and increasingly of her and the arousal that trickled down the insides of her thighs. Couvert's balls, girl. You're as tight as a fist. He was close. She could hear the strain in his voice. Shabba lay her forehead on her hands. She rolled her hips, swirling him about in her pussy like a butter churn. Then she held herself still for him. He eased, slowing to his own pace, to long, steady strokes that made her want to whimper with need. His fingers dug into her skin, pressure built inside her like a steaming kettle. Shabba heard dis distant voices outside. The crew would come looking for them soon. His pace quickened, gradual but relentless, a divine sort of agony. Shaba held herself like a vessel for him to fill, giving him control. She moaned with the thought, and that seemed to egg him on. He was fucking her hard now, faster and faster. She was starting to boil, each smack of their flesh spattering her juices about. Her orgasm nearly felled her like a tree. Oh, fuck, she gasped. Her hips jerked, and she struggled to hold herself up. She clung to the sahars as heat seared her through and through. He swore as he pounded away at her. She was barely aware of him pulling out, of his seed spurting up over her hip and down the side of her leg. Shaba sagged. She dropped to one knee, hair falling over her face, sweat trickling down her nose. She found him already sitting, legs splayed behind her. A contented grin spread across his stubbly face, and he pushed damp blonde hair off of his forehead. Gods, she began, and then she paused. What was his name? Was it Mathis? Half the young men in Hillcrest were named after Mathis, the last March Lord. Grigor had only been Hillcrest's March Lord for 14 years, so Mathis was a decent guess. Someone pounded on the door. Shaba? Are you in there? That voice was familiar. It wasn't one of the other woodcutters. The door swung open. A small man peered inside, sharp-faced, dark goatee, and a tuft of hair under his lip. Mikkel. His eyes fell upon her, his, vision, his expression troubled. He didn't even seem to notice her lack of trousers or boots. Something was wrong. Get your ass out of here, the man who was probably named Mathis, snapped. You little rat-faced. Without even thinking, Shaba grabbed a fistful of his pretty blonde hair. She yanked his face to within a thumb's, a thumb's length of her tusks. Don't ever talk to my friend that way, she growled. Shaba's only friend, as it happened.
Maybe Mathis visibly gulped. I, I, I didn't mean... Shava, you need it at home, Mikkel said. Something has happened. Which erotica authors do you think we should be keeping a keen eye out for? What kind of erotica do they write? Well, as you can tell, I really love fantasy. And so I want to plug, uh, in general, fantasy erotica. This is a genre that I didn't even know existed five years ago. And there are so many different subgenres within it. There are portal erotic fantasies, harems, reverse harems, lit RPG, urban fantasies, choose your own adventures, and so on. And there are a lot of great authors who've been doing this kind of work for years. So if you like any sort of fantasy, I would really um, check out Fantasy Erotica. Uh, I want to uh, mention two authors who, like me, write um, epic or heroic fantasy erotica. And they're about as new to publishing as I am. And I'm really familiar with both of their bodies of work. Alethea Faust's debut novel, Initiation, is a scorching, but also very compassionate wizard school story. And um, it has a brilliant magical system that's entirely based on BDSM. And I know that Alethea is coming out with a sequel to Initiation very soon. Serena Silverlake has published a number of books in the past two years, um, all of them in sub some subgenre of fantasy erotica. She has a well-earned reputation for slutty, heroic, elven uh, women characters. And her work is, as she says, filthy, but it's also vividly descriptive, uh, imaginative, and extremely funny. How can we follow Yancey Ball on social media? I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, that's probably the best way to keep up with, up with what I'm doing. You can find uh, links there to, um, to a lot of my stories, my books, and my website. Um, my handle on Twitter is Dominique Marks, uh, which is spelled D-O-M-I-N-I-Q underscore Marks, as in check marks. Um, my website is worldofjara.com. And World of Jara is all one word. Jara is spelled J-A-R-R-A. And you can also find um, the early versions of a lot of my work on Literatica. And my author name there is Yabala, which is Y-I-B-A-L-A. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again for having me. I really enjoyed it, and I've been loving the podcast. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> if you haven't done so already, click on our Twitter profile and subscribe to our Twitter integrated online mailing list for previews, exclusive looks, and details on special offers. Hi, Erotica fans. This is Filth, the Erotic Book Review. Today, we have three incredible erotic titles to introduce you to and review. As per usual, we will be joined by our special guest, who is the winner of our last Star Recommendation Award, Yancey Ball. I've promised you some tantalizing reads, so let's begin with our first title. Wendy Gets Wet by Randy Sinclair Hearing him talking about her like that only turned her on more. 
and she kept bucking her hips as another wave came over her. Alec pulled his dick out of her mouth, making a popping sound as her lips smacked together. She was breathing heavily and still shaking as Adrian planted wet kisses between her legs. Okay, let's switch, Alec said. The guys rearranged themselves on top of her as she lay panting with anticipation. Adrian sat with his back to the corner of the lounge, and Alec moved down between her legs. But instead of licking her, he grabbed her by the hips and flipped her over, so that she was on her stomach bent over the lounge. Then he took his big dick and rubbed it against her wet entrance. Wendy was still a little sore down there from all the attention she had gotten from the Italians, so it hurt a little when Alec pushed his cockhead into her, but it also felt good. So warm and filling. She found herself pushing back with her hips to try to take more of it. It was about halfway in, stretching her and throbbing against her G-spot. Now she wanted to feel the rest of it. Hey, don't forget about me, whispered Adrian. He put his hand under her chin and guided her towards his own impressive cock. He opened her mouth wide and covered her teeth with her lips so that she could do her best to thank him for the way he had made her come. As she sucked Adrian, Alec grabbed her hips and shoved his huge dick all the way inside of her, smacking his balls into her clit. Mm-hmm. She let out a deep, guttural moan, one that was only partially muffled by the cock in her mouth. Alec let his cock stay all the way inside of her for a moment, and then he withdrew it slowly until just the tip was still in her. Again, he paused. She tried her best to push backward onto it, but he held her hips firmly, immobilizing her, and she wiggled and squirmed. If you want to get fucked, you gotta keep sucking, Alec instructed. She had lost her concentration and had let Adrian pop out of her mouth. Now she did as she was told. She grabbed his dick and bobbed her head all the way down on it until it hit the back of her throat. Then she began sucking and stroking it furiously. That's a good girl, Alec said. Squeezing her ass cheeks hard, he shoved his huge cock all the way back inside of her. She groaned again with pleasure, but this time she managed to keep sucking Adrian. Alec rewarded her by fucking her with long strokes, pulling almost all of the way out each time, but then slamming deep into her with all of his power while he held her firmly by the ass. He fucked her like that over and over until her eyes rolled back into her head and she climaxed again, moaning and sucking frantically on Adrian as her sore pussy squeezed down on Alex's big dick and his balls smacked her clit. As she came, it was too much for Adrian, and he exploded into her mouth, firing his hot seed into the back of her throat. Next, it was Alec, groaning loudly as he pumped his hips and ejaculated into Wendy's womb. Before she could come down from her orgasm, she was having another one, wave after wave rolling over her as she savored the feeling of those two huge cocks throbbing inside her. The guys collapsed and everyone was quiet as they all caught their breath. Wendy managed to grab a towel and cover up, though in her days she wasn't sure what had happened to her bikini bottoms. Alec and Adrian were one step ahead of her as they found their speedos and put them back on. Just in time, in fact. Wendy Gets Wet is a cheating revenge story told within the classic billionaire trope style. 
This mainly differs from your typical woman meets billionaire story because it's clear that all men around her proximity appear to be in play. Inspired by her friend's lifestyle, she ditches her depressing reality to join her friend on a billionaire superyacht. Seeds of Darker Conquests by Meg Wood Highborn bitch like you ought to know what to do with this. Go on, suck. What else could I do? I suckled on the cock in my mouth, nursing on it like a babe. His demand, or perhaps the fact that I had not defied him, brought over two others, both unveiling their cocks and presenting them to me to touch and caress. A third man knelt behind me, sucking a kiss onto my shoulder. I felt his slimy tongue, his scratchy beard. A shiver of revulsion crawled up my back as someone's rough hand gripped my breast. When I looked around, I saw some of them jerking their cocks in anticipation of their turn with me, or perhaps simply watching me be degraded was enough for their pleasure. Someone was sliding my knees apart, fitting their body underneath mine so that they could fuck me. All the while, I sucked the first man's cock, an act that had become more tolerable after I had sucked away the first layer of grime from it. When the man between my legs slid the head of his cock against my cunt lips, Breaching the outer lips in search of my sex, I let out a muffled scream of shock. The man in my mouth took the opportunity to give an especially vicious thrust on my throat. Easy there, little sister, came the cap's voice from behind me. I could not turn around without losing what was down my throat, but from the very edge of my periphery I saw Cap lying upon the ground. That was his cock that had tried to enter me. I hated how slick I was. How the second brush of his cock made me moan instead of scream. When he slid inside, I felt my eyes threaten to roll back. I had never been fucked this way, by two men at the same time with more waiting. Cap bounced me on his cock, almost gently at first, but his thrusts became more savage as he went. I failed to realize that someone had come in my hair until I felt it slide onto my forehead. It must have hit at just the crown of my head. I prayed it would not go into my eyes, as the man gripping my head jostled it when he let out a roar like a dying monster. Sweat had soaked his shirt, the hair on his stomach, and it was starting to drip onto my forehead. Part of his load went down my throat, something foul but swallowable. He pulled himself from my pursed lips and dotted my face and lips with the rest of it. He looked at his work with bloodshot eyes, hazed with pleasure, and tapped the side of my face with his cock. I stared him down as his cum dripped down my cheek. He laughed. Don't look at me like that, horny little bitch. I hated that cap had slid against my insides in just the right way to make me moan at that moment. You look better that way, stuck on the cock of your betters. Move it, Frederick, I'm next. Another man slid his cock into my mouth and started pumping his hips. Beneath me, Cap tightened his grip on my hips and hissed. Fuck. Fuck. Elizabeth! My eyes went wide with outrage. He couldn't even remember the name I had given him. Or was it that I was not on his mind at all? I, Helena Blanc, the scion of the most prominent families in Barossa, was not the one he was thinking of while he fucked me. I would kill him. I would see his head put on a pike. But in that moment, he had dumped his cum into me.
I felt it start to flow out of me as he pulled out and another man took his place. When he came around to one side, he wiped his cock off in my hair and I memorized his face. I took it all in so that when I had him killed, I would remember this moment. Enjoy yourself, little sister, he said. Bend her forward, someone behind me said. I'm taking the bitch's ass. Wait. My protest was immediately silenced. Two hands gripped my head and pulled me forward, slamming a cock down my throat while I struggled. I heard a vile hacking noise and then felt something thick and warm hit against the exposed pucker of my asshole. Someone had spit on me. I had not cried before that moment, determined to only sacrifice my body instead of my pride. But I did not need to offer my tears to the common rabble of this society. And yet, when I felt the stained stretch of an invading cock inside that most unused hole, I let out a muffled howl of anguish, and the tears flowed like blood from a battle wound. Cheer up, bitch, one man said, patting me on the head as if I were a hunting hound. On it went, each man only taking his own pleasure, giving me nothing but the cum that they wiped on me, spewed inside me. I felt reason leaving me, replaced by a paradoxical need. I wanted their cocks, wanted to come the way they came. They seemed to have an endless supply of men who needed to drain their balls in a semi-willing body. Over time, I realized that they were not all just laborers. These were early rising artisans and night guards getting off duty. People who saw a half-nude commotion and decided to join in the debauchery. These are five short erotica stories written in the fantasy genre. Each story is self-contained and includes its own unique beings, from the familiar like vampires to creatures with an assumed human-type posture with long, rabbit-type ears. The sex scenes are mixed in nature and quite graphic, from bisexual threesomes to questionable reluctant consent. Malice of Wasteland by Lilith K. Duat Malice leaned over him. She tossed her hair out of her face and neared him until she kissed his sweaty forehead tenderly and rolled her strong hips. She buried her face in the crook of his neck, overcome by darkness and the smell of his sweat. She breathed in deep, taking the smell and heat of Nick within her. Malice adored that aroma, and she realized now that for months... She had been terrified that she'd never again bask in his scent. Her hips continued to move. His cock was trapped between the press of their bodies. Their sweat, slick skin rubbed along his length and Nick's moans were growing longer in his urgency. His body tensed under her and his sticky cum launched across his belly and onto the underside of Malice's breast. The thought of it, the sensations... A quiver took her by the spine and stomach and hips and turned her skin electric. Her juices leaked out from around the toy and dripped down her thighs. It was a petite orgasm, and there was room for more. An appetizer. Panting, Malice placed a hand on Nick's hip and moved backward, gripping the base of the toy and pulling out of him carefully. 
Turn around. Get on your hands and knees. Palms on the wall. After a few breathless seconds, Nick slowly got his body to obey. His cum stained his chest like the markings of a tuxedo cat. The effect was more pronounced as his fluids caught the light of the projector. Malice wiped it off her breasts and belly but denied Nick such dignity. Malice replenished the lube on the strap-on, then spread Nick's cheeks with her hands. She entered him again, slow and careful. It was easier this time. Nick dropped his back, sweating palms still on the wall. Malice took his hair in her hands, almost like reins, and she bucked her hips. The video played over their bodies and their silhouettes fucked in the light. As she thrusted, Malice could feel his still hard cock slap against her thigh. She shifted, not letting him get stimulation except through their coupling. Nick dropped his head low, but Malice wrenched it back by the hair. She fucked him, hard and full of hurt for him leaving, and joy for his return and wanting her. Nick begged her to keep going, and she obliged. His nails raked scratch marks through the paint and down the wall. Nick's orgasm built, and he let out a low growl as it hit him, his cock twitching and exploding without touch, causing him to drop limp to his side, the toy sliding out of him. He rolled onto his back and settled on the mattress, his still hard dick pulsing oozing ejaculate over itself. Malice was close. Her small orgasm earlier was just a pressure valve. She needed to completely let go. She stared at Nick laying on the bed, his half-hard dick still releasing tiny overflows of ejaculate. She reached under herself and slowly pulled the bulb of the strap-on out, her greedy sex not wanting to let go at first, and dropped the toy to the floor. She closed her hand around his throat. Focus, she demanded, and Nick's eyes opened. He looked at her. I'm going to fuck you until I'm satisfied. I don't care if you're tired. You belong to me. Nick took a ragged breath. Thank you, Malice. Consent. She was allowed to take him despite how innervated he was. Malice pushed his legs apart and sat up fully on her knees and took hold of his oversensitive member. Fresh seed swelled out of the tip and rolled over her knuckles. Her legs slightly apart, she stroked his cock, coating it in his cum while she rubbed the head against her swollen sacks. She rolled her thumb on the underside of his cock from the base to the tip. The last of his seed flowed out and she slid forward and impaled herself on his length before it could escape. Malice moaned, her body tense from teasing herself and edging. She had dreamed of this for a year, filling the emptiness she had felt with red-hot lust. She fell forward on top of him, propping up on her arms, grinding her clit on his pelvis. She shuddered as she began to relax and looked up to find his fuck-drunk eyes smiling at her. She began to fuck him, her hips rolling, thrusting her up and down his shaft, 
the metal piercings on his cock teasing her inside and out as they went. She was soaked with her own honey and the sticky slick of his cum, making each thrust in and out fill the room with a wet symphony. His strong arms reached down and guided her hips, helping her keep a rhythm, encouraging her. Her body burned with desire as she felt her orgasm build on each of her thrusts. Her thrusts were not deep strokes due to his length and her height. She wanted more. Her arms slipped on the bed and she fell against his chest, panting, his cock burying itself to the hilt, causing her slight pain as it filled her completely. She was close, but not yet there. Nick hooked his hands behind his knees and lifted his legs up. Malice understood and pushed herself up with hands on his chest and readjusted. She brought her feet under her in a lewd squat between his legs, his cock still impaled in her and his balls pressed against her ass. She put her hands on the underside of his thighs, pressing his legs back further than he had. Nick let his hands fall to the side. She began to move, fucking him like a crazed Amazon, sliding fully up and down his length in bouncing squats. His body was limp beneath her, now just a vessel for her lust. Even her taut, dancer body was near exhaustion trying to pull her orgasm. She was tired of being close. She reached between them with one hand, her fingers finding her clit and shuddering at the pleasurable shock. She began to rub with a purpose, in time with the frenetic, galloping drums that were their hearts. Malice felt him tense below her as she milked out another orgasm from his weary body. She was on the edge of her own orgasm when she felt him spasm inside her, his breath a loud, moaning sigh. This sent her over, her walls tensed and pulsed, pulling the seed from him. She screamed, her body on fire, and her soul burning off the hate and shame and doubt of the past year. She reached behind herself and untied the improvised cock ring from his sex. She collapsed forward, resting her head on his chest, pressing her legs together and keeping him inside. They stayed like that, catching their breath while he grew soft inside her. She looked up into his eyes, and a thought crossed her mind. Clean me. Yes, Malice, he rasped weakly. With some effort, she climbed over his body, squatting over his head and pressing her sex into his face. His tongue explored her lips and teased her over sensitive clit, causing her to jump slightly every time he focused it. She felt his tongue venture inside her body, curling and pulling down. Slick, wet sounds filled her ears as he took care of his mess. Part of what is currently a three-book arc of related titles Malice of Wasteland is a dramatic erotica loaded with suspense qualities. Our protagonist and superfan Alice seizes the opportunity landed in her lap when she manages to capture the attention of the lead singer of her favorite death metal outfit. After some impromptu quality time together, the lead singer disappears without leaving any clues or warnings, leaving a void in their band, Wasteland. Alice decides to step up to audition to be their new lead singer after some soul-searching, eventually evolving into Malice, a sexy inspiration woman in the misogynistic world of death metal. 
We asked our Last Star Recommendation winner, author Yancey Ball, to help us review these titles. Let's hear their critique. So I want to start out by saying that this was really fun. I enjoyed reading all of these stories. They were quite different in format and content and genre. And between them, I think there's something um, to appeal to a wide range of erotica readers. Seeds of Darker Conquests includes five stories, um, and they're about two to 3,000 words long. Uh, but they're all set in the same dark fantasy world where humans coexist with various types of monsters. I found the glimpses of this world's background captivating, and each story idea was thoughtful and original. Um, if you like dark fantasy, uh, as I do, I think this is a writer to take note of and a book to check out because her work shows a lot of promise. Um, I enjoyed the first two stories quite a bit. Um, one, the first one called Confessional is about a glory hole sex worker with um, an orc clientele. And the other, Hunters in the Night, um, is a BDSM story about a girl and two bi rabbit men. The last three stories um, felt a little incomplete to me. Um, I should mention that there are content warnings for each story, so um, that's something to look out for. Um, and the dubcon um, in the last two, uh, for me, um, was close to the line of non-consent. Um, I also tend to like longer fiction with more attention to character and development. Wendy Gets Wet, shared on the super yacht, is a novella-length story um, and has a very familiar plot. Wendy is neglected by her husband and finds out that he's cheating on her. Um, she gets the chance to take a weekend on a billionaire's yacht with a friend of hers who is an escort. I liked that this was a, an easy read and it had a nice progression from flirting uh, to voyeurism, to foreplay, to the climactic scenes where Wendy gets shared. Uh, I also liked that Wendy was free to pursue the people that she wanted. Um, for the other women um, on the yacht, this was sort of transactional. They were escorts, but she was there to, to really like do her own thing. The benefit to having a familiar plot like this um, is the story is easy to get into and it's a quick read. Um, the downside is that it needs more to distinguish it from other cheating wife stories. Um, I found the characters to be a little flatter than I, than I liked, um, and even um, in some cases kind of stereotypical. Um, and I was really looking for some growth uh, or a choice made uh, at the end of the story by Wendy about her relationship or where she wanted to go. But the story seemed to end before that could happen. Um, but it delivered, you know, on Wendy getting shared. The scenes at the end do not disappoint. And if you like cheating wife stories, um, this is something to take a look at. Malice of Wasteland is also a novella length uh, story, and it's an erotic romance about a stripper named Alice who idolizes the death metal band Wasteland. She meets Nick, who is the band's lead singer and the two of them really hit it off. They have a torrid couple of days together and they really seem to complete each other. But 
After that, Nick mysteriously disappears, and the band is suddenly in need of a lead singer, and Alice successfully auditions for the position. And she becomes a hit as her alter ego, Malice, uh, where, which is where the title comes from, Malice of Wasteland. Um, then the question is, is Nick ever coming back? And what happens to the band and what happens to this romance if he does? Um, this was my favorite one of the bunch. I really like the alter egos. Um, Alice, who as a stripper, uh, her alter ego is, is Misty. And as this death metal band lead singer, her, um, she is, her persona is Malice. Um, the, the, the prose was descriptive, and I love the way the stage performances were described. Um, it, the thing that, that was really interesting about the story was this parallel between the sex work of stripping and um, the transgressive art of death metal music. Um, in both cases, these performances are, you know, you're giving all of yourself to an audience and you get so much power from the adulation of the audience. Um, but at the same time, it's, this is so draining and so emptying because you have to protect yourself, right? You can't give all of yourself. And so you come up with these alter egos. And while that protects you, it also um, destroys any sense of intimacy or acceptance from all of these uh, admiring fans. Um, and it's that dialectic that drives the story and it drives the romance between them. This is a reason that Alice and Nick get along so well because they understand each other. And this is why Alice can become Malice and, and take this role as a lead singer, even though she has no singing experience. Um, so I found this, the romance completely believable. There is a there's a really hot scene at the end, um, and I just enjoy the story quite a bit. We have another podcast on the way called Erotica Times Filth. We asked one of our new hosts to help us review these titles. Here's what she had to say. Wendy Gets Wet shared on this super yacht by Randy Sinclair. I liked what this book was trying to achieve in regard to its narrative. A woman discovers her husband is cheating, so she decides to disappear to do the same thing, except with more people. My issue is the idea of this being revenge sex. I mean, is it really? I think revenge sex is sleeping with your partner's boss or friends instead of sleeping with a bunch of people just to get that final closure before breaking up with your hubby. Anyway, Wendy is a popular guest on this billionaire super yacht. And although the guys might throw her in the pools or ask her to do things to help them secure mega deals, she seems to be living her best life. As the title suggests, there is a lot of sharing going on, and everyone appears to be open to it. It didn't appeal to me in the way I'd like to trade places with her, but the book is definitely hot. Seeds of Darker Conquests Five Sizzling Short Stories by Meg Wood I don't know what to say apart from Meg Wood is my sort of twisted. She purposely writes these erotic scenes not only to be salacious, but challenging too. It's not enough for her to be edgy. She wants to push the envelope of the unwritten contract of the content warning. Sometimes it's something deceitful, 
Other times, it's coercive or humiliating. This erotica is written not only to make you feel something, but to wriggle uncomfortably in your bed. When I read the bisexual scene when a character was being cleaned after gay anal sex, ready for the expectant female, I knew this book was going to be unique. It's special. Malice of Wasteland, A Silver City Story by Lilith K. Duat. This book was amazing. The author just gets it, how to tell a story and add the conflict and intrigue. To sum this up, this seems like an accidental femdom relationship born from the right set of circumstances. Our protagonist, Alice, is a lap dancer who holds the cards in her employment. He can't touch her. She's ready to scold those who break the rules. And as a person surrounded by yes-men, this man needs that assertive woman in his life. A series of events would see her life change, along with her stature, to the point she becomes this femdom figure in a man's world the lead singer of an already established metal band. The sort of band who likes to fuck groupies and pee on signs like dogs. She does her own fair share of groupies, becomes a dominant woman in her field, and even pisses on a guy, marking him as hers like a dog. I can't make it sound hot, but they did. This is a must-read book. Time for me to summarize where we are with these titles. Wendy Gets Wet is a 4.1 out of 5. This is a solid, fun title with lots of hot erotic encounters. Granted, the billionaire niche has been done to death. However, I feel like it was done so differently from the locations to the actual chemistry between the characters that it actually makes this book feel appealing. Our protagonist discovers a new appetite for sex, to the point that the sex seems hot, lustful, and sordid, rather than romantic and intimate. I did spot a few minor mistakes within the text, but overall, it's a solid effort worth purchasing. Seeds of Darker Conquest is a 4.1 out of 5. These fantasy erotica stories are dark and edgy. The level of debauchery is so intense at times that the only way to properly enjoy it is to detach yourself from the events within the title. Usually, I'm a fan of imagining myself in some of the erotic scenarios within the book, but in this case, I didn't want to at times. What this book has in its favor is an appeal to keep you coming back for a different story. Malice of Wasteland is an incredible 4.6 out of 5. This is one of the best erotica titles we read this year, and the score we've given this title should hopefully reflect that. So, why did this book score so big, you ask? Mainly because of how good the story is, how good the erotica is, and how attached the reader can get into the story. Our protagonist is fighting her own battles with toxic work relationships and poverty, which add a layer of realism. The author throws in an element of luck and bad luck to add a layer of relatability. This world painted for us by the author covers a large number of subjects, from misogyny to how fans often incorrectly interpret an artist's work. So, just to be clear, Malice of Wasteland by Lilith K. Duat is this episode's star recommendation. The erotica is on point, the story is engrossing, and the cast of characters are delicious. Granted, the book does have a number of questionable sex scenes that won't be for everyone, but I believe it's worth a great try. The other two books were also fantastic and well worth checking out. In fact, they most likely could have been star recommendations had they been chosen in a different month. Thank you to everyone who submitted their titles. Be sure to check out their books. Links can be found in the description.
You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> we have some great quality content available on Patreon. Here's a preview of Shh, Extra Filth and Erotica Times Filth, our new podcast. Headphones are recommended. sexy people. So it's been an awkward time. My uncle died a few weeks back and no one was too keen in regards to cleaning out his home. What's worse was he was single and a hoarder. I didn't know the guy at all. I had some memories from being younger, but an argument between him and my mother and father had meant that he wasn't welcome around us. When he died, it was... A bit ironic that our family would take care of things because he didn't have his own wife and kids. Guess who ended up having to help clean up the house? That's right, bitch. Me. <laughs> Let me tell you something about cleaning up dead people's homes. First, you can arrange to meet with your family members to help you, but ultimately, they will let you down at the last minute. The second thing is... Even if you're not looking, you'll find more than you're bargaining for. And boy, did I find some shit. So, Buck is my dad's younger brother, and I'm guessing he fell out with my dad over my mother because I found a topless photo of her amongst his things, which I assume he stole. After all, in the reverse, there was a message from my dad. Fucking creepy uncle. Then, I found his porn collection. He had tons of DVDs in weird paper photocopied sleeves. It was like he hadn't discovered the internet. The killer discovery was his collection of home movies. It seems like Uncle Buck had a thing about making amateur porn, which was only partly the shock I'm referring to. So, in this Obviously, one video... I have more books to review and another show to make. But if that wasn't enough we're introducing another podcast. That's right, Erotica Times Filth. Or if you're searching for it, Erotica X Filth. It's not going to be released within the mainstream for a little while, but we're planning to get the first episode out to you on Patreon like this month. preview of something. So here's a preview of Transitions. You're listening to Shh. I wore my best pantsuit for the meeting, and Gina Koval was known for her attention to the littlest details, so I wanted to impress her. She had booked me a hotel suite to woo me over the weekend, with fancy dinners, room service, and spa treatment to encourage me to sign with their record label. That was all well and good, but I insisted in advance that we should take care of our meeting first. And the fun could start out. It was very tender and loving with my body, for a man who punched the lights out of people for a living. Eagerly, he wet my nipples with his saliva each time before sucking on them, so much that I thought they would come off. Moving to my bottom, he took off my hipsters. Those are pretty great pants, he said, his voice huskier than usual. At that moment was. 
I was riding Kit Silk's dick. A dream moment with one of my celebrity crushes. Intensely, I rode him, fast and hard. While his fingers gripped me with more conviction as his orgasm drew close. There was something in his heated desire. Maybe his sense of urgency drove us both to come simultaneously. You're listening to Erotica X Filth. The following content was created for an adult audience and deals with themes of sex and erotica. Please refrain from listening if you find such content triggering or offensive. Headphones are recommended. Erotica times filth. Hello, sexy people. How many of you saw this coming? Be honest. It was only a matter of time. Anyway, this is Erotica times filth, or Erotica x filth. If you're trying to search for us online, we're related to the fabulous All the Filthy Details podcast, but what we do here is slightly different. We're doing deep dives and topical subjects, as well as eventually reviewing the same books that feature on the All the Filthy Details show. Could you think of us as a second opinion? Of course, we know you'd like to listen to some erotica as well. So we have some of that for you later. Anyway, we weren't sure what this first episode was going to be. A romance erotica book about a pop star who ends up in this whirlwind relationship with the book's protagonist. What's wrong with that, you ask? The book's protagonist was himself, and the love interest is a real person. Yes, an actual singer, yet to find national or international success. Not only does he mention her, her ex-band, but he uses her images to promote and even make covers for his book. So people write fanfiction all the time. I believe the book series After was born out of fanfiction based on ex-One Direction lead Harry Styles, but this feels different. First, the woman in question, Marlena Sheets, doesn't have a big following. In fact, if you search for her on social media sites like YouTube, you can see the author in the comments of the videos obsessively. Also, he put himself in these scenarios. Also, if that wasn't enough, the fact that he uses her likeness puts a face to the protracted personality and sex acts performed in this title. From her unwillingness to stand up for herself, to the ease in which he sleeps with someone else since her impromptu breakup. As far as the book goes, it's pretty poor and filled with mistakes. The good news is, the team read it, so you don't have to. Lucky you. It reads like a tale of misogyny in which a grateful love interest repays our protagonist with unprompted sexual favors as a reward for saving her from an abusive relationship. Of course, she's too weak to walk away from the man who attacks her routinely, and one kick in the face from an alpha male delivered to her boyfriend is enough to sway her from her partner to a new, protective, patriarchal-type hero. Uh, I'm afraid to say this draws continues to the point where the book isn't even erotica anymore, as much as it's a creepy life improvement manifesto written by an obsessed fan from Marlena Sheets. Disturbing. Of course, the book ends with the cliché, happily ever after, with proposals, weddings, and family planning, etc. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, seriously, this garbage is enough to make me want to throw up in my and somebody else's mouth. 
This leads me on to his podcast appearance. How do I feel about this all? Well, I agree with calling this type of unsolicited behavior out. It's super creepy and something I believe no one should be endorsing or encouraging. If I'm Marlena, I'm putting together a cease and desist order against this guy, and probably a restraining order. We want to leave with a story, but before we get into that, let me inform you about our Patreon. Creating content costs money, and we get that people don't want to pay, especially when you can get other content for free. The difference is, we don't make content for advertisers and then pander to them. We create content for you. So help us by joining our network's Patreon. The links can be found in the description. You can expect exclusive content, including podcasts, audiobooks, and more. So the following story can be found in full on our Patreon. I was just under 20 when these events took place. I genuinely don't understand people who pander to the rich just because of their wealth. Most people may think it's harmless, but I challenge you to look at things from my perspective for a moment. I had a boyfriend from an affluent family. I was attracted to him rather than his money, but as I got to know him better, I could tell right away his family's wealth had made him as dependent as a child. Had left an impression on the champagne flute I was drinking from, prompting her to raise her eyebrows at the waitress suggesting I was cheap, classless, and such a vintage wasn't to be wasted on the land. I got out of the pool and followed him in. His wet shorts betrayed his modesty, revealing the impression of a raging erection. I gasp on entry. OMG, you've got a heart on and it's huge, I gasp. I'm sorry, it was the bubbles, he lied. Please, calm down. Can I touch it? I ask, smothering him quickly to control the narrative of how this was going to go. I clenched at the length and gasp. Both of his giant hands clenched my petite wrist as if to stop me, but I gripped the penis more tightly as his actions forced me to wince. The position I've asserted dictates that I'm clearly in control and will not be denied. Semi-reluctantly, he submits, releasing me from his clutches, revealing the heavy-handed pink marks he left on my wrist. Slipping my hand within the wet garment, I pry out the head of the penis above the restraining waistband. At this point, he does an awkward-looking shuffle, dropping the shorts lower to expose his manhood. Positioning myself between his legs, I sat down on the wooden floor to get up close. Carefully stroking and pumping his bulging erection, snapping his foreskin gently back over the head. Thank you for letting me touch it. It's the biggest I've seen, and it's beautiful. I say as he winces under my touch. Subconsciously, I'm studying it. At this point, I haven't seen many penises and was mystified by the variety. Can I taste it? I ask rhetorically, not expecting or waiting for an answer. But the thing was, I had a piece of gum in my mouth, which I spat out into my hand. I beckoned him to his feet by tugging his erection toward me, which allowed me easier access to his ass. His blood was pumping rapidly as his penis bobbed in response to my teasing licks of his frenulum. Gripping lightly to hold it into place, I began sucking on the head lightly, listening out for his gentle moan. 
He looked down towards my eyes with a glazed-over look in his eyes before stroking. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Shh. Extra filth gives you behind-the-scenes opinions, views, and stories from the team behind all the filthy details. It's not censored, and it's not for everyone. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to join our Literally Lovesick Patreon for more exclusive quality content. Thanks for joining us.